Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Hamilton police are still pondering whether to provide naloxone kits to our frontline officers. Uh, yet a story in today's Hamilton Spectator from Susan Claremont uh, brought forward a very interesting scenario where a, a Hamilton cop actually had to call 911 because they feared they'd been exposed to an opioid and, uh, well, they needed the naloxone and they are not allowed to carry it. The uh, piece is called Hamilton Police Call 911 when officer fears opioid exposure. Susan Claremont, award-winning crime reporter for the Hamilton Spectator, wrote the piece. She joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show. Hi, Susan. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, Bill. Thanks. Listen, you've talked to uh, Chief Gert about this and, and, and Deputy Chief Kinsella, as have I. I've talked to Clint Twolan, of course, from the Police Association. Uh, and, and they present some pretty strong arguments on, on either side of this. But you and I both know this was inevitable that a story like this was going to happen, didn't you? Absolutely. Uh, we know that Hamilton is a hotbed for fentanyl and other opioids. Um, we have, we're, we're seeing overdoses daily in this city, and police are on the front lines of that. They are coming in contact with this um, extremely lethal drug uh, on virtually every shift a Hamilton police officer is dealing with fentanyl. Um, so you're right. It's only a matter of time. Well, and, and let's talk about this scenario, and then we can talk about the greater debate uh, that seems to be going on here in Hamilton about this. Uh, in this particular case, as, as you wrote, uh, the officer feared that they had been exposed to this, and we know that exposure to even a couple of grams of this stuff can actually be fatal. So I can understand the consternation here. Absolutely. Uh, this was an officer who works in the IDENT unit who was working out of uh, police headquarters on Sunday night. He was processing some evidence and thought that he had come into contact with fentanyl. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, you know, full disclosure, it turned out it wasn't fentanyl, it was cocaine, but, um, but it, it could have been fentanyl. It, it has been fentanyl in the past. I mean, officers are dealing with it all the time. So this officer who is in police headquarters has to call 911 and wait for fire and ambulance to arrive. Um, fire got there first. Fire gave him uh, naloxone to inject himself, and uh, and then paramedics transported him to hospital. Um, it just you know boggles my mind that there wasn't naloxone on hand for this officer to treat himself more quickly. Now, I know that you talked to Deputy Chief Kinsella about this, and, and uh, Dan's comment was simply, well, what happened here shows that the protocol that's in place worked. But my question is, did it work because they got there in a timely fashion, or did it work because it wasn't really fentanyl? Well, it, exactly. That was the point I made, too, in the, in the call. Exactly. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, this wasn't fentanyl. So we don't know what might have happened. We also don't know what might have happened on a on a busier day if it took fire a little longer to get there or if it was a code zero for our paramedics, which we get um, fairly often in the city, meaning that that every ambulance in the city uh, is already busy. Um, you know, it, it could have been a, a different story, a different outcome. Um, so did it work? I don't know. I, I think it would work a heck of a lot better if that officer had naloxone in his pocket. 
as they do in other jurisdictions. And you make that point in the piece today, Susan, and that's very germane to this discussion, that uh, that I know this is an ongoing debate across the province, uh, but the, the numbers are the numbers. And, and we, we did a five-part series on this just a few weeks ago here on the program, and, and, and we have one of the highest rates, as you alluded to, in the province of naloxone use right. and abuse. So it's there. And I was shocked in your piece today that, well, if we already knew the police don't want to have uh, their, their officers with this stuff. But even though fire apparently is, is uh, allowed to carry this stuff, uh, you, you were hard-pressed to find anybody in fire that could say, yeah, we've used this stuff before. I mean, it's all over the place right now, but apparently uh, the, those that are in authority to be able to do something about it aren't using it. That's rather surprising. Well, um, my understanding is that the fire department uh, carries it for their own use. So if, if a member of the fire department comes in contact with fentanyl and needs naloxone, they have it to administer to their own people. But I suspect that firefighters are, are of the same mind of police officers that I've talked to. And, and police officers have told me that should they be granted permission to carry naloxone for their own use, um, but they come across a member of the public who needs it, you know, they would do the right thing and they would help out that member of the public because um, that's the kind of people that, that, you know, police and firefighters are. They became first responders because they want to help people. Um, and, you know, it's really, really important for people to understand that administering naloxone to someone can have no negative effects. Even if it turns out that it isn't a fentanyl overdose, Naloxone in and of itself can't harm anybody. You know, it's like an EpiPen in that way. So it can do good, but it really can't do harm. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.